It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Charles Payne. I'm Kat Timp. I'm Stuart Varney. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, August 12th, 2022. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. The House is scheduled to vote today on what Senate Democrats call the Inflation Reduction Act. And while part of this new bill gives billions of dollars to the IRS, the skeptics don't trust how this money will be spent. The IRS employees are supposed to follow the rules. And that's where there's going to be a problem because I think you're going to have some inexperienced people that are working files and the inexperienced is going to, in my opinion, cause a potential problem. I'm Dave Anthony. An old virus has resurfaced in the U.S. for the first time in nine years. Polio, one of several that had been eradicated. I'm fearful, yes. We've got to try and get the message across that if we stop vaccinating, they will return big time. And I'm Jimmy Fallon. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. Today, the House is expected to pass what Senate Democrats call the Inflation Reduction Act. The bill includes billions in tax credits to incentivize people to buy electric cars and to incentivize utility companies to go with renewable sources. There are tax credits for those who produce solar panels and wind turbines, but also those involved in the processing of critical minerals. It allows Medicare to negotiate prices for some drugs and caps out-of-pocket costs for Medicare at $2,000 a year by the year 2025. And to pay for it, there's a 15% minimum corporate tax on companies making more than a billion dollars and a 1% excise tax on corporate stock buybacks. But the bill also includes nearly $80 billion for the IRS, an agency whose leadership has been complaining for years about a lack of resources. Republicans like Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn were quick to say that money will be used to hire more auditors. This is about the priorities of the Biden administration, which is to go after all of your mom and pops, your small businesses, your middle income earners who are going to be audited out the wazoo. Texas Senator Ted Cruz said new jobs at the IRS won't go to tackling those with more complex finances. They're not being created to audit billionaires or giant corporations. They're being created to audit you. But Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen directed in a letter to the IRS chief that there should be no increase in audits on people making below a certain amount. And that was echoed by White House economic advisor Jared Bernstein. Resources will not add to audits for households under 400,000. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called the Senate passage of the bill a victory for families and the planet. But many Democrats have been more on the quiet side. Fox News Digital reached out out to 20 House Democrats considered vulnerable in this year's midterms to ask about their voting plans and reaction to the IRS component, and no one responded. This is not an inflation bill, even though they call this the Inflation Reduction Act. Josh Krausauer is a senior political correspondent at Axios and a Fox News radio political analyst. Even the more optimistic, hopeful economists are not saying that it's going to reduce inflation before the midterm election, that it's going to really have an impact on inflation in the short term. No, No one's saying that. So ultimately, this is a climate change, prescription drug and tax bill that has very little impact on the bottom lines of Americans before the midterm elections. So I think both Democrats and Republicans tend to overstate the partisan impact of of a bill like this. This is a good, moderate minded Democratic bill that maybe Joe Biden should have promoted at the beginning of his presidency. But this is not something that's going to move the political needle 
Republicans are saying, you know, that this the spending in this bill will make inflation worse, right? But then some of them really zeroed in on the nearly $80 billion for the IRS, telling us, you know, the IRS is really going to come after us now. Obviously, it remains to be seen exactly how this money is spent. Politically, we know the IRS is obviously not a very popular agency, but what are Republicans doing here by keying in on that? Oh, look, the Republican Party likes to capitalize on voter anxieties, voter grievances. And when you say the letters IRS to any American taxpayer, you're you're striking fear in in the hearts of even (laughs) some of the law-abiding Americans who always pay their taxes. So they, they think it's good politics to, you know, raise some anxieties, raise some fears of, of Americans that there are a whole lot of uh, tax collecting agents coming after uh, a lot of Americans. I, I really doubt that's going to end up moving the needle either. First of all, this is not going to take effect until after the midterms, the hiring of, of staff at the IRS. And I, I'm skeptical that that is going to be this wave of tax enforcement that's going to raise the revenue that Democrats claim it will. That's what they're arguing, that they need to have more tax collectors so they can collect revenue. I don't think that's going to come to fruition. I also am skeptical that there's going to be a lot of mass anger because IRS agents are harassing average Americans across the country. Yeah, it sounds like you're saying this is not like a necessarily a midterm message that will will stick like, hey, Biden and the Democrats have empowered the IRS. It sounds like let's say this bill passes this summer and we move into the fall there will be bigger fish to fry moving forward because, as you noted, it's going to take a while to ramp anything up with this money. Well, look, if you have a lowest learner type situation in a couple of years, sure, that'll be a big political problem. I I also know there are a lot of people, I I count myself among them, I was trying to reach the IRS during the pandemic just to get someone on the phone and no one was answering. It took me (laughs) days to reach someone. So you know, if, if some of this money goes to customer service to actually help deal with some of the issues that Americans have paying their taxes, then that might be beneficial as well. So I, I think there's a lot of overheated conclusions on, on what this will mean. Unless you have a scandal, there's a controversy where the IRS agents are harassing Americans. This is not going to move the political needle a whole lot. You do have Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio tying the IRS funding in this bill to the FBI search of the former president's Mar-a-Lago residence. And I think the tweet was something like, after that search, what do you think the left plans to use these IRS agents for? I think some other Republicans have done the combination to, you know, yelling federal overreach. The government wants to comb through your life. I think Americans care about that. I think it's in our DNA, really. But the amendment to make sure that the audit rate wouldn't increase for those making under $400,000 a year, that failed. But the IRS chief said that there's a Treasury Department order ensuring that. Is there some burden on Democrats to ensure that, to tell the people, like, if you make a certain amount, if you're middle class, this isn't meant to be used to go after you? Yeah, I mean, so the money is going to hire auditors. Uh, so, you know, to draw a straight line from that to any wave of problems that Americans might be facing, it's going to be hard, hard to show. I actually think the bigger scandal or controversy may be that they don't get the revenue that they're promised that that is going to stem inflation or not not increase inflation, because that's what this is all about. A lot of economists worry that if you're you're spending money and you're not getting it back somehow, that would worsen inflation. I think it's very speculative to assume that the IRS is going to collect a whole lot more money as a result of hiring these new agents. Uh, But yeah, like politically, yeah, it's a great talking point. I just think that there would have to be something to actually happen uh, for Americans to really care when there's so many other issues heading into this bit more. Finally, Josh, we see some new polling coming out midweek. Reuters Ipsos, Fox News. 
Uh, the president's approval rating is, is up. Uh, the Fox News poll has it up, you know, about two points over July. And the poll shows the landscape tightening a bit. If the GOP is sensing there's a tightening, what do they do? Point out things like, hey, Democrats are giving billions to the IRS? Like, what's the playbook now? Well, Democrats should not be popping the champagne corks simply because they're tied on the generic congressional ballot in August. Being tied on the generic ballot is not good for the Democratic Party. It's a little bit better than where things were in July. Republicans had a three-point advantage in July in the Fox poll. We're now tied. So, And I think the issue of abortion, the issue of Roe v. Wade being overturned, certainly getting more Democrats to the polls. But the fundamental political environment hasn't changed a whole lot. The Congressional Budget Office estimates that an extra $80 billion for the IRS should result in an additional $200 billion in revenue over the next 10 years. And while Kraushauer, like others, expresses skepticism about that, others in the world of accounting, like Lawrence Levy, president of the Tax Firm Levy & Associates, are skeptical that the IRS will put the money they get to proper use. So if you were Jessica, the revenue officer, you're working at home during 2020, 2021. Up until recently, you've literally not been in the field. So in our opinion, you should be more efficient. You should be more responsive. Quite <laughs> frankly, we've seen the opposite. Since 2020-ish, we'll call it, it's been the worst that I've seen it. Just recently, literally, there's been a rollback to coming back into the office, going back into the field, as they call it, so knocking on taxpayers' doors, that literally just started in the past couple of months. So I think we've seen more frustration in the past couple of years than I've ever seen in my 20-plus year history in the tax resolution world. It's crazy, quite frankly. But hopefully with this new bill that may pass, there's going to be a better customer service. The response times will be better and the hold times will be less. And if you can tell from my voice, it's an extremely <laughs> frustrating area because we want to do the best we can do to get our clients when right. they finally get to the point where they want to deal with it. They're being proactive. But if you can't get in touch with the IRS, it's unbelievable. So I just mm -hmm. think there's a big imbalance. Let's talk about that bill. Um, because it does have billions of dollars for the IRS. Um, a lot of Republicans have been saying that, that this is not a good thing. This is going to increase audits of, you know, middle class folks. A Treasury official told Time the extra money would cover IT techs, taxpayer service support staff, two of the things you referenced, dealing with attrition and retirements, and experienced auditors to go after high-income tax evaders. We've even heard that the IRS is still a mostly like paper-based agency. They need new you know, tech. I, obviously, it remains to be seen, but how would you imagine or hope that $80 billion is, is spent on? Well, I'll even give you one better. I happen to come across a letter, and I believe this is accurate, so for purposes of my disclaimer and my disclosure, I'm gonna actually say this is a letter that I found online that Secretary Yellen wrote, and I'll give you some smidgens of it. The historic investment in our tax system will accomplish two critical objectives. It will raise substantial revenue to address the deficit, and it will create a fair system where those at the top who do not today comply with their tax obligations find it far less easy to do so. And when all taxpayers receive the service from the IRS that they deserve and that your dedicated workforce is eager to deliver, the importance of the work ahead cannot be overstated sincerely, Janet Yellen. So I, I think that there's going to be certainly a portion of the money that's going to go to help increase staffing, hopefully increase customer service. 
But also, as you can clearly see, if you read, I believe it was the second sentence, it will, and I'll repeat it, it will raise substantial revenue to address the deficit. So when someone gets audited, which is the newsworthy topic of this week and last week and probably a few months to come yet, but when you get audited, again, I'm going to throw you under the bus, Jessica gets audited because you're Jessica the dentist as opposed to Jessica the plumber, right? Jessica the dentist gets audited. And let's say that there is a change. You either overstate your expenses or you can't prove what you state. And so therefore IRS is going to ding you because you can't prove the expenses or you understate the income because you made a mistake or both. So therefore now the IRS comes back and, and Dr. Jessica owes the IRS, pick a number, 50,000, a hundred thousand, a half million. But keep in mind, and we see this all the time, just as recently as the current audits that we're dealing with some of our clients, the IRS is not always right. We just had a client recently, their IRS came back and said they owe a few hundred thousand dollars, literally, not a few dollars, a few hundred thousand. And when the client eventually hired us and you hire a professional, which is highly what we recommend, you end up then uh, being able to challenge the IRS. And because of our correct challenge, the IRS exam agent modified the liability and it literally went down a couple hundred thousand dollars and rightfully so. But Jessica, imagine how many people out there either A, don't know that tax resolution exists, B, are not going to think that they should fight the IRS, and C, they just don't know how to fight the IRS themselves. So in my opinion and that of my staff, we believe that the people that are going to be more likely to get audited, it's not going to be the W-2 employee. So whether you're getting audited or you owe back taxes, the IRS employees are supposed to follow the rules. And that's where there's going to be a problem because I think you're going to have some inexperienced people that are working files and the inexperience is going to, in my opinion, cause a potential problem. Lawrence Levy, thank you so much for your time. Jessica, thank you. Loved it. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Jimmy Fallon with your Fox News commentary coming up. For the first time in nine years, polio has been detected in the U.S. A man in suburban New York City got it and suffered paralysis. This individual is no longer contagious. And our efforts now are focused on two issues, vaccinations and figuring out if other people, anyone else has been impacted by this disease. Rockland County Executive Ed Day says that man was not vaccinated against polio like most Americans are, but he's concerned Fewer children might be getting immunized now. The World Health Organization and UNICEF sounded an alarm about the largest sustained decline in childhood vaccination in 30 years. The person infected with polio did not get the virus overseas, so it's the first case that originated in the U.S. for polio since 1979. I am concerned because we have unvaccinated people who can not only get polio, but can transmit it to others. Dr. Walter Orenstein is the director of vaccine policy and development at Emory University, former director of the U.S. immunization program at the CDC. 
I think we need to stop it and stop it as quickly as we can. So we need to get immunization levels up as soon as we can, particularly in the Rockland County area. The New York State Department of Health is concerned that there could even be hundreds of people who have polio who've gotten it. How is this disease? How does it happen in the body? I mean, uh, we had a lot of asymptomatic COVID. Does polio work that way as well? Yes. Polio is ingested, the polio virus. And the incidence of paralytic polio is about one in 2,000 infections. Okay. About 72% of the polio infections are completely asymptomatic. And then about 24% have a minor illness that you would never think of as polio with sort of cold-like symptoms. And so the issue is when we have high levels of immunity in the community, we do well. And what I like to say is vaccines don't prevent polio. Vaccinations prevent polio. A vaccine dose that remains in the vial is 0% effective. What we need is to get people for whom polio vaccines are recommended to get vaccinated. Okay. In the U.S. now, we give a polio vaccine that has dead virus, right? That is a non-active polio that, that virus. That is correct. It was the inactivated polio vaccine originally developed by Jonas Salk. That's not the case in other countries, right? And, and, and there is still a live vaccine, an oral vaccine that people do take around the world, right? That is correct, particularly in lower middle income countries, particularly in countries with poor sanitation and hygiene, the oral vaccine tends to work better because it provides not only protection from the virus invading the nervous system, but also protects from the the intestines from getting infected. In areas like the United States, the IPV, the inactivated polio vaccine, works extremely well. It really prevents invasion of the central nervous system and prevention of paralysis. And it decreases transmission very, very well uh, because it predicts oral spread, which is the most common kind of spread in a place like the United States. And what happens in areas where you have low immunization coverage, when you use the oral vaccine, it can spread to others. And in spreading, it can mutate. Uh, This year alone, we have seven countries reporting about 49 cases of the CVDPV2 polio. And so we are at risk, and that's why we need to build our wall by getting everyone for whom vaccines are recommended to get the polio vaccine. All right. Well, you're, you're talking dozens of cases. We're not talking like monkeypoxes in the thousands in the U.S. Of course, COVID has hit millions and millions of people. We're not dealing with anything like that, right? No, no, we, we aren't. But we are. Remember that for this type two that we've seen in Rockland County was paralyzed a person. Only about one in 2000 infections actually result in paralysis. So there are the number of cases is 
not a great estimate of the total number of infections. The total number of infections is much larger. As a child, I would have gotten 50 years ago, I would have gotten a polio vaccine. Do I need a booster? I live in Rockland County. Do I need a booster or not? At, at the moment, boosters may eventually be recommended. But at this point, the focus needs to be getting people vaccinated who have not completed the uh, vaccine series. Of course, the vaccine that's gotten the most attention the past few years is for covid Nearly 80% of Americans have had at least one dose. Nearly half of us have gotten at least one booster shot. But there's been a lot of controversy and politics over mandates. President Biden imposed some, saying it's for the good of us all. How about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? Those who haven't gotten a shot cite their freedom of choice. Dr. Orenstein believes... COVID has hurt in several ways. One is children are not getting the health care that they would get with the visits that they would get. So immunization coverage has dropped some. I think there is some hesitancy to other vaccines as well. And it's really sad because vaccines are one of the greatest tools we have at preventing serious diseases. Your immune system functions like an army or a police force. It detects the invader and destroys it before that invader can give you disease. With COVID, we have seen these variants that can evade vaccines. So I've heard people say, well, what's the point of that? I mean, whatever, I'm gonna get COVID anyway. With regard to polio, measles, and a number of other uh, of the vaccine-preventable diseases, the immune system focuses its response on an area of the virus that cannot change. And so while there can be mutations in polio viruses, those mutations do not lead to evasion of the protective immune response. Same with measles and, and most of the other vaccine-preventable diseases. With SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, the immune response is focused on an area of the virus that is vital, but that area can change. And so that way the virus can invade the immunity. Okay. What we do know is even with that evasion, in general, the vaccines still protect against very severe COVID. Before COVID ever hit us, of course, there was vaccine hesitancy. People over the last 20 years spreading the thought that, oh, these vaccines, they cause trouble, they can cause autism. And of course, doctors like you have pushed back on that. How difficult has it been to deal with those accusations? I think the, the problem is a difficult one. Vaccines, in a sense, are victims of their own success because many people have not seen or not even heard of many of the vaccine-preventable diseases that we have. The data we have is very, very strong that the vaccines we recommend are highly effective and very, very safe. There are bad things that are going to happen after vaccination purely by coincidence. And what we need is the science to determine, is 
something bad that happens after vaccination, causally related or coincidentally related. And there are systems in place to evaluate that. If the incidence of a given clinical syndrome is the same in vaccinees and non-vaccinees, such as autism, then that argues very much against causation. So that autism fear that came out in one report years ago, that's been shot down, correct? Correct. I guess not everybody believes it. That's, I guess that's, the, that's part of it is you can't make everybody believe it. Exactly. One of the problems is trust. And we need to, for people who are hesitant, to find people whom they trust, to work with them, to show them the science and show them the benefits and risks of vaccines. Are you fearful we're going in the wrong direction? With, I mean, we have the first polio case in nine years. Do you feel like there's more hesitancy now than ever and, and, you, and it's slipping away a little bit? I, I am fearful, yes. We've got to try and get the message across that if we stop vaccinating, they will return big time. When the polio eradication effort started in 1988, there were an estimated 350,000 cases of paralytic polio. This year to date, there were about 22 in only two countries. And so we need to finish the job and then we don't have to worry about polio, much like we don't have to worry about smallpox because we eradicated smallpox. But for other agents, uh, such as uh, uh, measles, mumps, rubella, some of the meningitis vaccines, we're going to need to continue to vaccinate. And we don't want to be reminded about their need by a resurgence of those diseases. And so getting vaccinated is both helpful to you, but also helpful to your community. Dr. Walter Orenstein, professor at Emory University, director of the Emory Vaccine Policy and Development, also former director of the U.S. Immunization Program at the CDC. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Subscribe to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And now, some good news with Tanya J. Powers. Sports fans and the rest of us were given a great example of sportsmanship this week by none other than some young baseball players. Texas East was playing Oklahoma in the Little League World Series Southwest Regional Championship game when Oklahoma hitter Isaiah Jarvis was hit in the head with a pitch from Caden Shelton of Texas East in the first inning. The pitch hit him in the ear flap and knocked his helmet right off his head. Isaiah was on the ground for a few moments, then he took first base. That's when he noticed Caden struggling with having hit him with the ball. Isaiah explained what happened. I got hit onto first, and then I saw Caden getting emotional on the mound a little bit. So I wanted to go up there and try to be like, you know, like get him comfort, like, uh, make sure he wasn't, he wasn't like feeling bad. 
He embraced Caden in a hug that's now gone viral. Other Texas East players joined in to comfort their teammate as well. Caden told Fox News what was going through his mind when he saw Isaiah on the ground. I thought I sent him to the hospital and I thought he passed out. But when he got up, I felt a lot better after that because I would, I'm just glad he's okay. Isaiah said he just wanted to make sure Caden knew he would be fine. I was, I just said, I was just like comforting him. I said, I was just like, you're good. Stuff strikes, you're fine. I was just basically just tell him that it'll be okay. A dose of much needed goodness embraced by millions across the country. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Jimmy Fallon. What's on your mind? So a North Dakota school district is banning the Pledge of Allegiance because it references God. To put it in school terms, I give this one an F for effing stupid. Folks, right now the U.S. ranks 38th in the world in math. So how about instead of getting mad at God, we do something about all these kids who think 2 plus 2 equals jello? Seriously, as much as you hate pledging allegiance to the flag, I'm more upset by the fact that half the kids can't count all the stars on there. Never mind that we also happen to rank 24th in science, which is only going to get worse now that Democrats are telling everyone men can get pregnant. Point being, all of these woke initiatives do nothing to help the people they pretend to care about. For instance, defunding police led to a massive spike in crime in the black community. And it also divided our entire country into two groups. One group that wanted to defund the cops and the other that wasn't a bunch of idiots. Folks, we need police because we can't have law and order without them. And it's that law and order that allows us to enjoy the freedom we're saluting when we pledge allegiance to the flag. Sure, you have the freedom not to salute the flag, but if these woke teachers don't think it's worth doing, then they failed history too. Right now, we don't think it's a big deal that we let the iPhone do all the thinking for us. But when our children get into the global economy, they're going to be competing against the children who built those iPhones in the factories of China. And if our education system is going to keep obsessing over woke initiatives like banning God, our kids aren't going to have a prayer. Be sure to listen to Fox Across America weekdays from noon to 3 on the Fox News app or foxacrossamerica.com with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Jimmy Fallon inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.